How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. It is another day. We have a special training camp report for you. Chris was there again, saw stuff with his own eyes, and he's going to tell you all about it. Check out the podcast network. Lots of good stuff going on all over the place, including the AFC West. The NFL show with Matt Williamson, the the fantasy NFL show with Vinny Iyer. Check all those out. Make sure you're subscribed. If you're listening to this on a Sunday morning, you probably already are. But uh, tell your friends. Tell five friends. Let them know what we're doing. We're trying to, to keep this thing growing as camp goes on, and we are looking to add as many new followers as we can. We want this whole thing to be what you all want. And we will try to do it. And in that vein, make sure you write this down, 913-777-4457. That's how you can leave us a voicemail. We can bring up topics. We can put you on the show. Uh, leave us your comments and questions, and we will get back to you. And I will have, Day more, two. I will have more video on Snapchat at Locked On Chiefs. And I'll also have video probably through Twitter and through Facebook Live as well. Uh, so if you go search Locked On Chiefs on Facebook... Uh, There will be some video there. There's also going to be video on Snapchat, like I said, on Locked on Chiefs. And I'll probably be doing some periscoping again tomorrow. So, or I guess today by the time you listen to this. So, (laughs) and we know that this is all kind of spread out on all these different platforms. And and we're working on coming up with a plan uh, to give you guys one place to go look for what we can bring you from Locked on Chiefs. So keep, keep an eye out for that as well. Day two, a lot of interesting stuff going on. Who's the guy of the day? To me, it was Sean Tavis Jones. Uh, I, I thought he looked fantastic as a wide receiver. He had two really great catches. Uh, it looked like in the two-minute drill, he went down with an injury, um, which really kind of hurt Bray because I think uh, Jones was doing very well. Uh, but you know, he was able to jog across the field after uh, Bray's group went off. So I think he's going to be okay. But I thought he looked very good today. Well, and I've seen a, a lot of media that were there tend to agree with you. Everyone seems to think that he really had uh, his first day of, of stepping out of the mix uh, and maybe getting himself a shot at more time and a, and a chance to really set himself apart. But tell us how he went about it. I know there was one play in particular that I really want to hear about. Yeah, he went up over Marcus Peters and went and got a jump ball. Uh, Shantavis Jones is a big is a big boy, and he went up and he – Muscled the ball away from Peters, and you know it was a good throw from Smith. Uh, probably a little bit further inside than I really would have liked, but I uh, can't really complain too much. Uh, he put a words receiver could go get it, and the receiver went and got it. So uh, you know it looked it was a great play by Jones, and he had another one that was an over over the shoulder catch a little bit later as well. So so give me the visual. Is he is he somebody you would say? Snatches the ball out of the air. Is is he uses hands well, or is he waiting it let it get into his body a little bit? Well, the one he went up and got, he went and snatched. Um, and the one that he caught over the shoulder, you know, he kind of waited on it. But uh, he did go get it with his hands. He didn't uh, get it all the way into his body to catch it. Uh, but, 
you know, he looks like he has the mix of being able to do both those things uh, and doing them uh, pretty well. So, you know, I'm excited about seeing how he continues to progress over the next couple of weeks. Now, you said that that particular pass was from Bray. Was was Jones generally running with the twos today? Generally, yes. But the, the two balls that uh, – well, I know the one that he caught over Marcus Peters was from Alex Smith, um, and that was in seven-on-seven. Seven. Now, seven-on-seven is one thing. You know, they're not getting a whole lot of contact, right? I, I know – the wide receivers and CBs are probably hand fighting and trying to get that part of the aspect down. And Marcus Peters has been having a, a good camp the first couple of days too, as well. Does this give you the idea that Jones is a guy that may be ready to step up to the next level, maybe make this fifty-three? I, th- I certainly think that he's going to give other Chiefs wide receivers a run for the money. Uh, you know, Chesson is not even cracking the top six wide receivers right now. Um, you know, I, I don't know that that's going to be something that's really going to matter when it comes down to it because I don't think they're going to draft somebody like him and cut him. But it is interesting that he's not cracking the top, you know, five or six wide receivers. Shontavis Jones looks like he's the guy right behind Wilson and Demarcus Robinson. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's a really good sign for him, and, and he has a good chance at making the roster. And he does play a lot of special teams, so that's going to help him too. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the rest of the receivers, particularly, like you said, Demarcus Robinson, Wilson. Did Wilson get in with the ones more today? Uh, he got in with the ones a little bit more. Uh, it really looked like they were kind of rotating between the two. I think Wilson started off with the ones and then Demarcus Robinson would come in, but they really kind of switched in and out a lot. Uh, you know, I do think that, unfortunately, for my from my perspective, it looks like Wilson is probably still not the number three wide receiver, even though. Uh, look like maybe Robinson was that guy yesterday, and it could be something that they're just going back and forth day to day with. Mm-hmm. Tell me about my guy Conley. Conley didn't do a ton today. I mean, he had some, he had a couple of nice routes. Uh, really didn't get the ball thrown his direction very much. Uh, when he did, he dropped one near the sideline uh, that would have been a really good catch. But like I said, he was uh, just out of bounds, I believe. Ah, okay. Uh, is he? Does he look like he's muscling up more and using his body to better effect? Yeah, it does look like he's using his body, and it does look like uh, he's figured out how to use his frame uh, to better help himself get open and to make sure to shield the defender from the ball. And obviously, the guy everybody wants to hear about is Tyree Kill. And I know uh, we're going to talk about what happened with him in a minute, but generally, does he look like um, he's he's running a bigger route tree, or are they you still seeing him mostly try to do uh, the posts and the deep routes? I've seen him do just about everything. Um, and I'm not going to say he's running every single route on the route tree, but I've seen him run most of the routes. Uh, you know, it doesn't seem like they're just making him the deep guy. Uh, they're really trying to round him out as a full wide receiver at this point. So it looks like they're getting him to expand his route tree a little bit more. Well, I, I think that's great to see. Unfortunately, on one particular play uh, where he was the target, you know, it led to a, a play by a guy that, you know, we've been discounting a little bit. He's shown flashes over the last couple of years, but Philip Gaines had a good day at practice today, didn't he? Yeah, he he got an interception. He was, I think, he was really the only one that actually got an interception. Uh, you know, DJ White had was close to one um, in the two minute drill for uh, Bray. And if if White comes down with that ball, uh, you know, Tyler Bray is done after his first snap in the two minute drill. Uh, but Bray didn't, or but 
White didn't come down with the ball, so they got a couple more snaps. But yeah, Philip Gaines looked good uh, on that particular snap in general. He read the post or he read the route correctly and broke on the ball and made the easy interception, uh, which is something you know you don't think about because he hasn't been great at pulling in interceptions in the past. Right. He was a great PBU guy in college, but he's been a little slow on that aspect at the pro level. The thing for me is it seems like he was covering Hill quite a bit today. And from what I read uh, from a lot of people that had eyes on it, and I want to know if you feel the same way that that he was covering him very tightly and well. Yeah, he was covering him tight. And I mean, to me, what I saw from Philip Gaines is vintage Philip Gaines. Uh, He looked you know, like that guy that looks like he could be a lockdown number two type CB that is going to take away half the field uh, for most wide receivers. You know, maybe not your superstars, but for most good wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, you know, the question with him is, it's always been is, can he stay healthy? And, you know, is Kansas City willing to give him another shot to stay healthy and maybe cut a guy that, that uh, they could use otherwise? Yeah, that will be the question. As for the rest of the group, you talked about DJ White. Peters had a good day, got his hands on a number of passes. I mean, he looks like he's ready to roll, right? Yeah, and you know, I'm really excited to see tomorrow what happens because tomorrow they put the pads on, uh, and you're really going to see some stuff tomorrow. Uh, you know, I, I will admit I haven't been paying attention much to offensive and defensive linemen because honestly, you're not going to get a lot out of them right now. I mean, they're pushing each other around, and there's. You know, whatever, if you want to call it contact, there's contact. Um, But it's not full blocking. It's not, you know, using your pads. It's not doing any of that stuff. So you're not going to get as much from those type of guys. But as of tomorrow, they'll be in full pads, and it's going to be an interesting practice to see how that turns out with all the different pieces on the offensive line that are rotating through and the defensive line to see how those guys progress. Well, who was the left guard with the ones on day two? Witzman. Again, uh, again, and it's funny you ask me that question. I don't know if you saw it, but I actually met his parents walking out of my hotel room this morning, headed to camp. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I had, assume that they were pretty pleased with what's going on. They had a number 70 jersey on, and I didn't ask him about it because I just saw the number. And I waited until she, until the lady turned, and it said Witzman. I said, Witzman? And he's like, yeah, that's, that's my son. And I was like, really? <laughs> so, yeah, it was pretty cool. And, you know, yeah, they're excited and he's excited. And, um, you know, you know, and I will say he's looked like he belongs. But, again, it goes back to what I said before. You're not going to get a ton out of alignment until you can really put the pads on and see what, what you get. Uh, Therese said it very well today. Until those pads come on, until they're really starting to hit people, um, good luck really knowing what you have there yet. Well, and that's what I'm interested to see. They obviously believe in him with the contract extension and uh, the fact that he's getting reps with ones. I think it's interesting that you see Fulton doing uh, what I think he's very good at as acting as a center. Um, but he wasn't today. Oh, he was not. He was the second left guard today. Oh, I did not realize Mike, that. I thought he was still at center. Mike Person was the second center today. Ah, interesting. So you think, does it appear to you like they're feeling out? where everybody can cross play and who's got the most versatility back there as, as the swing inside guy. I mean, that could be the issue really comes down to whether or not, you know, I still think that if it comes down to it, I think Fulton is going to be your number two center. Um, and I think Fulton's got a, a spot on this roster. To me, the real interesting thing is going to be, do they go with only seven linemen? If Iinger ends up being healthy, 
uh, does that push Ja Reed off the roster? Because Witzman can play any of the four positions other than center, and if they keep Fulton, uh, you know, you got you know two guys that can play. You know, Fulton can play at least three positions, and Witzman can play four. So you got the entire roster covered, and you can carry a, a third center on the practice squad. And Andy loves versatility, so I can see yep. that happening. And I have a tendency to think seven is all that makes this roster. But Witzman is is definitely the the bug in the ointment right now for what most of the uh, inside veteran guys were thinking. Well, and you know, you you asked earlier, you know, who I thought stood out. I thought, uh, you know, obviously Sean Tavis Jones stood out. Another couple of players that stood out, and and we had this guy on the show last year. Uh, you know, Ross Travis had a good day. Uh, yeah, he had a great catch going across the middle. That was a deep gain from Mahomes in the two-minute drill, uh, and he had a couple other good, uh, a couple of other good catches as well. Uh, C.J. Spiller showed a lot in the two-minute drill as well, and had two great catches for Mahomes as well. So, uh, those are two other guys that stood out to me. Well, and evidently there was a uh, a visit by Kansas Power and Light. I mean, Kevin Pierre Lewis today. Uh, so. <laughs> KPL was not in in practice. Practice uh, evidently he was just uh, meeting his teammates, uh, getting the gist of things. Um, did you see him do much? Honestly, I saw him in his jersey, standing there watching drills. I didn't see anything else. Okay, so fair enough. Um, he it looked like he was standing there, uh, you know, with the inside linebackers for the most part. Um, but don't quote me on that because all the linebackers were kind of together for most of the morning session. So. Uh, could have been he was going back and forth between the two. Well, I think it's been interesting that Andy Reid mentioned specifically that they liked him coming out of college. And that's something that I wrote about on my Twitter feed. Folks, go back and check that, and I'll give you some of the specifics on where he was in terms of his athleticism rankings and and what he's able to do in college. And I had suspected that somebody had a hankering for him back in the day, and they had an opportunity to go get him. So uh, I think he's going to get a decent shot once he's up to speed on what this uh, defense is built around. I'm very interested to see what he brings to the nickel package. Well, and the other thing is, is you have to realize that there's no way he can actually uh, practice tomorrow. So he is out for tomorrow. I will not get to see him tomorrow. I'll get to see him next Saturday uh, when I come back to training camp. But he will not be practicing, from my understanding of the rule book, uh, because he has to have three practices before he goes to full pads. Ah. Understood. I thought he could go through individual drills, but I guess that will have to wait, given what tomorrow's schedule is. Well, the last thing that I think we need to touch on, and I know that I personally have been dreading this point. Um, I'm a little surprised that it came really early on in camp, um, but I think this is going to start to light some more of the fire about can Pat Mahomes make a difference? Um, And, you know, for second day in camp, he's the only quarterback that scored in his two-minute drill. How did he look doing it? Well, uh, he I'm trying to remember if they started on the 20 or the 30. I can't remember, but he drove the length of the field and scored a touchdown, and I believe in four plays in a minute and four seconds. Wow. Um, you know, Tyler Bray uh, made it maybe 20 yards down the field, maybe 30 at tops. Um, Alex Smith made it all the way down the field, and – I thought Conley caught it for on fourth down in the end zone, but I saw multiple people say that he dropped it. So I'll go with them that he dropped it and and Smith didn't score. But you know, Stave didn't get a chance in the two minute drill. Uh, you know, the fourth QB, you're not going to get any reps there. 
Um, so, you know, it was interesting to see. And, you know, he hit Ross Travis going across the middle with a nice pass, and his passes to Spiller were pretty nice as well. So, and, and the best play that I really liked out of him is you saw his mobility because the pocket broke down on the score. Uh, the pocket broke down, and he stepped up into the pocket a little bit and then took off to the left. And you see him, that he's got a wide receiver that's probably seven or eight yards from the uh, the out-of-bounds line, but he's standing in the end zone. And he points to him, and then he says, you know, you can kind of see that he's motioning him to go, like, out towards the uh, out-of-bounds line. Well, he pulls the defender with him, and Mahone's just basically runs the ball in and just walks into the end zone at that point. So, I mean, he directed traffic. He did what he needed to do, and he scored a touchdown. And I thought it was it was a very good microcosm of uh, the kind of playmaker he can be. Well, I find that encouraging as well. And, and folks, before you all start tweeting at me that I'm an idiot and overreacting to this, it's just the second day of practice. But the the important part is that for a guy who has had his face in, in the playbook trying to learn it, to be able to have that all going on and still rely on what he does naturally uh, and have it perform well, even though it's just in shells and it's just the second day, it's still a step forward for a young quarterback that we all know is going to take a process to become a starter. Yep. He needs time. And, you know, there was a lot of people there sitting uh, you know, saying that, you know, Mahomes needs to get more second team snaps and, you know, maybe even some first team snaps. And, you know, I get the the desire to have him do those types of things, uh, but there's no reason to push him at this point. Let him let him run with what he's running with right now. Let him get comfortable in the offense. Let him play the way he's playing and let him progress the way he needs to progress. You don't go and take a kid that's this supremely talented and shove him in the deep end because you want him to be that guy uh, sooner than he is really ready to be there. Um, and I still think that's, you know, a year away, but I think he will be ready in a year. I certainly hope so. And I'm interested to see just how long it takes him to become the backup. I don't know that they go into the regular season with Tyler Bray as the number two, but that's just me. So uh, well, parting shots, Bray what keeps, else did you see? <laughs> Bray keeps playing the way he did today. They definitely won't be. Well, it's just one day. It can be uh, up and down. And I said that, yeah, and that's absolutely true. It is just one day. But Bray did not look good today. Well, parting shot. Anybody else that caught your eye or that they should folks should know about before uh, they make, roll into camp next week? Not really. Uh, you know, honestly, tomorrow I'm going to have a lot more for you, um, especially for uh, the offensive and defensive line, because like I said, you can't really uh, get – a good perception of what those guys are doing. Uh, I'm going to be keen on Witzman tomorrow to, ver- to see what he's like on that offensive line, how much, if he is a weak link on that offensive line, when they go to, you know, whatever drills they're doing um, just because I want to see is, is he somebody that they could really count on to be that guy? Is this them looking and saying, well, maybe he's going to be a starter at left guard for this year, or at least until, you know, Aaron Iyengar is back. That'll be very interesting to see. And I look forward to hearing from what you see tomorrow. Folks, follow him at Chris Clark NFL on Twitter. Follow the Locked on Chiefs, uh, all one word, on Snapchat to see what Chris is doing. Uh, thank you for listening to us today. We'll be back with you tomorrow. And make sure you're following Locked on Chiefs on the Twitter account because you're not going to see live tweets from me. It'll all be on the Locked on account. I think I already follow it, but I just wanted to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, enjoy your Sunday. 
Check back with us later, and we'll have another show for you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. And reach out to us on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.